Welcome to Making the Magic, a podcast talking about all things Disney, Universal and beyond. This week we're taking a trip away from Orlando to Florida's Crystal River area, the only place in North America where you can swim with manatees. I'm Amanda. And I'm Martin. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Terry from Crystal River. The photos look amazing. The feedback we've had from our guests who have been there before, it all sounds amazing. I can't wait to find out more about how you can swim with manatees. That just sounds like a dream, doesn't it? I know. I'm particularly excited to chat with Terry about the swimming with manatees. Incredible creatures and being able to swim with them is such a special experience. Yeah. And then she's also going to be telling us a little bit more about all the other things you can do in the area as well. So hi, Terry. Thanks very much for joining us today to tell us all about Florida's Crystal River area. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Amanda. Hello, Martin. Hello. Thanks for joining us. You're talking to us from Florida. So I have to ask my usual question to our US colleagues. What's the weather like? It is sunny and about 31 Celsius right now. That's quite warm, isn't it? (laughs) It is a little warm, but a lovely dip in the springs will cool you right off. Uh, yeah, I don't have any springs to dip in, but I have to say it's a rare, very sunny day here today. I think we're tipping about 27, 28 degrees. So, it's the same in, same in Paris as well. Right? Yeah, nice blue sky. So Usually when I ask people that question when they're over in Florida, it's a horrible grey, rainy day here. But yeah, I'd still probably rather be there. But <laughs> <laughs> We've got places to call and you've got air conditioning. We don't have air conditioning. Yeah, this is one of those rare days when aircon would be very much appreciated. So Terry, tell us, people might not have heard of Crystal River. So whereabouts in Florida are you located? Well, Crystal River is located about an hour and 40 minute drive from the Orlando attractions and the Orlando airport. So we drive northwest and we're on the Gulf Coast of Florida on the west side. So you've got those nice warming Gulf waters on that bit of the coast there. We do. And that is a big key factor in what makes us the manatee capital of the world. Yeah, that's quite a claim, but it's definitely true, isn't it? That is one of the big attractions for the Crystal River area. So we'll get straight into it. Tell us about these fantastic creatures and how people can interact with them. Oh, absolutely. Well, we are very fortunate here because we've been established a program that we are allowed to swim with manatees in their own environment because there are many uh, policies in place where you are just to float. We practice what's called passive observation. So you just float and still and you kind of just want to act like a manatee on top of the water and just float. And they're very curious as well as have horrible eyesight. So they have to get up close to you to figure out what you are. And if you're just being very still, they will literally come right up to you. They'll up to your mask and feel it with their mouths and you have long hair. They'll think it might be seagrass. So they might like put their mouths on your hair. People might not have heard of what a manatee is. So just describe. I mean, this is it's a mammal, not a fish that you're getting in the it water, is a mammal. isn't it? They are actually a descendant of the African elephant. When the continents divided, the uh, manatees went in the water and the elephants stayed on on shore. So you will see a manatee has ivory nails, you know, the nails that an elephant would have the same on their feet. So there's a couple of, and also have the same mouth structure as well. So they're vegetarians. They don't have a lot of fat on them, although they look like they would uh, be pudgy. They're just mostly muscle and uh, bone skeleton and a little thin layer of skin. It's that that causes them to have to seek out warm waters 
when the winter time comes. So when the temperature in the Gulf goes below about 20 Celsius, they have to find that warm water. And that's where we come in because we have over 76 springs of natural Florida aquifer water coming up at a constant temperature of 72 Fahrenheit, which is 28 Celsius. So that keeps them warm. Otherwise, they can suffer cold stress and die. So we have manatees year round here. But if you want to see them by the hundreds, the best time to come is between November and the end of March when it's still chilly out in the Gulf. And they are, as we said, they're, they're large. So how big can they get to be? Uh, the largest one, I think, is around, can be around up to 1,800 pounds. I mean, have no fear. When you get in the water and you see them for the first time, it's very uh, surprising. Like many of your listeners, perhaps, when I, my first time in the waters here, didn't I did not know what a manatee was. I just happened to be out on a boat with some friends for my first time in Florida. I saw one swimming towards me. And I quick panicked and I threw my beverage away and I started swimming back to the boat and they were all <laughs> laughing at me because they're the most docile and, and gentle animal, but I didn't know what it was. So I was freaking out. <laughs> I mean, people will be perhaps experienced um, swimming with dolphins. How is it different doing the, the swimming with manatees? It's different in that this is in their environment where the dolphin experience is contrived they're in a, and they're contained. We are in the manatees environment. And as such, we have to respect that. So we are not allowed to touch them unless they come up and touch us first. We cannot disturb them while they're eating. We cannot disturb them while they're sleeping. We can't have a mass of people gather around them and sort of corner them. There's some very strict rules in place. And so it, but you're seeing them eat and sleep and breathe. And sometimes you can see them mating and just, it's natural. It sounds a lot better than sort of seeing these kind of animals when they're in captivity and they're in sort of like the, the tanks and things. Because you said you're actually going to be able to see them out in the wild. They've got the space to go and do their own things. And we're the visitors, which which Correct. You, we're, we're in the zoo, basically. They've come to see us effectively. Yeah. And if they don't come to see you, they swim by you and pay yeah. no attention to you. And then the others will want to roll over and want you to pat their belly like <laughs> i'm used to being ignored by humans so i don't know i'm sure i'll be fine if i'm ignored by manatees as well i, mean, I won't take offense to it it's okay <laughs> so, so you were saying about lying there so you you wear a mask and assume a snorkel and then your face down is that right as opposed to lying that on your back correct. floating that okay. is correct yep because i wasn't sure i wasn't sure you had to lie on your back and I was thinking, how do you then do they can come up, pop up? But actually, yeah, it makes more sense. So you're face down, looking down into the water with your snorkel yep. and your mask on. Now, Mandra, have you ever sort of done snorkeling and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I quite like snorkeling. Yeah, I like snorkeling. As well. But the first couple of minutes, it kind of freaks you out because you shouldn't be able to breathe underwater. So yeah. every time I've always done it, I've always kind of had to go, like, calm down. You you can you can breathe underwater. It's fine once you're looking underwater. So once you kind of once I get past that, I'll be absolutely fine. And it's it, is the water quite clear then? It's in crystal clear water uh, because it is name. spring water, hence the name Crystal River. But yeah, and the other thing too, in, in respect to you talking about how you have that panic moment when you first start snorkeling, a lot of folks do that, but you're in water that you could feasibly stand in if you're five feet tall. Oh, so okay. You'd be able to, you know, put your feet down and get acclimated before you do the, the whole floating yeah. thing. And there's always the reputable tour operators always have somebody in the water with you. 
So there's a captain stays on the boat and sort of watches out over everybody. But then one of the other captains is in water with you just in case you need help or if you don't see the manatee that can be like just off to your peripheral vision, they'll point you in that direction and show you where it is. And, yeah. I suppose they know what to look out for. They're looking out for the little, I assume they like, they can see the bubbles coming up. They can see the bubbles. Breathing. They can see, they have a big fan tail. And so when they're swimming, the tail comes up towards the surface of the water and it creates rings. And so you, that's when you know that the manatee's swimming by. They also have to come up for air, as Amanda yeah. mentioned, they're mammals. So they have to come up for air every 7 to 12 minutes or so. And you'll see their snout just come up. So that's, and you, wow. in, the, in the wintertime when they're all in Three Sisters Springs, which is this beautiful set of three springs that are just blue as blue can be. But in the mornings when they're all gathered in, there's hundreds of them. Just all you hear is, you know, <laughs> they're all coming up at different times. It's like a symphony of no nostrils, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really neat. Wow. So if you were going out on one of these, you say they're organized tours. So you're going out on a boat with a group to go into the, the springs. That's how you access the area. Yes. Uh, and in what we call manatee season uh, is November to March. So November 15th to March 31st. And during that time, the springs are blocked off to people, to boats, to kayaks, everything, because it's a, a refuge, a safe, warm water refuge for the manatees. So you can't get in the springs in the wintertime. Now, they they come in and out all day long. So there's, you know, and there's overflow. There's so many of them trying to get into that warm water. So there's overflow, and then you'll see them out there in that area, just in front of the springs. But in the summertime and before and after manatee season, you can get in those springs and swim, and it is just unbelievable. And do you need to wear a wetsuit to? Yes, you wear a wetsuit, not so much because the water is cold, but more so to help you with your floating for your, for your buoyancy. And if those of you who might not be strong swimmers want, there's every boat has the swimming pool noodles on it, so you can... Yeah float on those if need be. But I, I took my nephew when he was four years old and he wasn't that confident of a swimmer, but the, the captain put him on his back and swam over to see the manatees with him on oh. his back. So they're really good about that. The Some of the really good places that we have here are, are very um, in tune with what their uh, guest needs are. So if any handicap or disability we can handle, most boats are well equipped to handle wheelchairs to anybody who's trouble getting up and down a ladder they're very helpful in that way so it is pretty accessible then to everybody even young kids i wasn't sure about young children whether they would be able to do it so what would you say was the minimum age that uh, you would suggest i would say the, the smallest wetsuit i know that anybody has is probably a 2t so <laughs> toddler two-year-old and it's really just up to the parents and what their comfort level is with their child's ability. Because like I said, you're not really swimming, you're just floating. And the noodles help the little ones the most. So that's good. And it, oftentimes they don't use a snorkel. They'll just have their mask and they'll put their face down and look and then come up for air. Ah, yeah. It's kind of tricky to get the younger ones to learn how to snorkel. I suppose if they're used to swimming in the UK, if they go to swimming pools with their parents a lot, if they know they're going to be coming over, actually you could practice this and have a snorkel and get the kids used to breathing underwater and using a snorkel. So when they do go over, it's not a new, you know, the experience is about the manatees, not about the looking underwater with a snorkel That's one. a yeah. great idea. And I do know um, one of our uh, properties, at least one, 
will offer a snorkel lesson the night before you go out on your manatee tour so you can practice in the pool. Well, that's a very good idea. Yeah, I think I might need a little refresher in snorkeling. It's so long since I've uh, yeah, been out in waters where you can go snorkeling. I might need a little refresher lesson. But, uh, Can't really go. do that in the UK, can you? Not really, no. 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 <laughs> not quite not the same. same. No, I'm not sure you could do it. You don't, you yeah. don't snorkel in the Thames at all? Or? No. Because <laughs> these shopping trolleys. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think it has to be somewhere very warm to be uh, to be doing snorkeling or uh, for for me anyway. And you said before they they will come and interact with you, the manatees, won't they? I mean, I've, I I haven't done it myself, but I've seen lots of, of films of people doing it and say these enormous. I say beautiful. I think they are beautiful creatures. They're maybe not in a conventional sense, but it must be incredible to have them come up and like I say interact with you. It is a life changing. Uh, moment because their and their eyes are about almost about the same size as the human eye and they come up to you they look you right in the eye and just have mm. that moment I, I get goosebumps talking about it mm. and I've done it several times and every time is different because every manatee is different so you have different experiences every time and it's just it is it's life-changing and if people didn't want to get in the water with them or weren't able to are the places that you can go and watch them where you're not in the water absolutely i mentioned three sister springs earlier there's a boardwalk that actually goes around all three springs so you can just walk along the boardwalk and see the manatees observe them there in the springs in the winter time when there's not so many in there but they're all out in the bay there's several of the companies that will just offer a, an hour-long river tour, and you can go out and they will find the manatees for you to look at from the boat. And then also we've got a, a place uh, down in, in our destination also called the Ellie Schiller Homosassa Wildlife Park, and it's a park that is a state of Florida park, and that's where they put rehabilitated animals that can't go out back into the wild. So for right now we have three uh, manatees at that park and we have what's called the reverse fishbowl so you walk down into a fishbowl in the pond or the spring where they're kept and you'll see them there along with a bunch of fish and then just hundreds of animals and reptiles and things indigenous to florida with the exception of lou the hippo oh. lou hippos are not really indigenous to florida no, no. <laughs> where, where did lou come from then Lucifer is his long name. He was brought in in the 50s or 60s, did some side road shows, you know, the side of the road attraction, did a few movies out here, and it was a big deal. And the mayor of the county said, we're going to make you an official citizen, so now you are an indigenous animal to Florida. You can come into this park. So That's great. And he's been there ever since. He's 60, he'll be 62 this year. Wow. So he's also the oldest hippopotamus in captivity in the United States. Wow. I know. Who knew Good hippos? Thought. Yeah, right? who knew hippos could live that long? And in <laughs> no, <I> know. <laughs> Obviously suits. The climate obviously suits. He's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's also quite well looked after as well, isn't he? He's very well looked after. Spoiled, actually. So... <laughs> I know from looking at them, the, the, the trips that you can go on to swim with the manatees, that uh, the people who organise them who are very keen to educate people about the manatees as well, isn't it? So, you know, you have to have a proper briefing before you go in the water with them. And, you know, there are opportunities to learn more about them. Absolutely. there. Um, you have to watch a video called Manatee Manners before you go out on the boat. Uh, and that's put together by the U United States Fish and Wildlife. 
and then yes our the idea is is that if we educate you about the manatees while you're here in our destination you'll take that home with you and you'll share that with your friends and your family and that just to create that awareness because they are an endangered species they would they were put on the threatened list about three, oh no, it was more than that, almost five years ago now, because the numbers are getting better, but they are still under the same restrictions. And so it's a lesson in how to be a responsible person, a responsible tourist, a responsible neighbor to those that live underwater and on, you know, non-humans. So. And why are they endangered then? Why are they a species that are under threat? They were actually hunted for quite some time for their nails, for the skin, for, you know, and, and then some of the indigenous people here at the beginning also ate them. There's not a lot of meat on them, but if times are tough, that's what they do. So the Florida manatee sort of numbers dwindled down quite a bit. And in 1960, Dr. Jacques Cousteau, who you might be familiar oh, yeah. with, came out here and uh, helped with a, a manatee called Sewer Sam, he actually got out and got stuck in a sewer drain. And uh, Jacques Cousteau came right here to Three Springs. And you can still see the plaque that's underwater that talks about Sewer Sam and the, the whole thing. But then that's who set up originally, you know, became the, the first advocate for the manatees in our area. And they're quite susceptible to boat injuries and things like that, aren't they? They are. We have a very strict idle boating policy in all of our waters until you get out to the coast, to the Gulf, just for that reason. Trouble being is, you know, we are a tourist destination and there's some people that just renting boats for their first time and they've got so many things on their brain other than watching out for something they're not really keenly aware of. Too, when you rent a boat here in this area, you have to watch that Manatee Manners video as well because a boat strike can cause internal damage, propeller strikes. Um, those that when you see them with sort of lined patterns down their back, that's a mm-hmm. propeller strike. That is the thing that, that endangers the most are humans in boats. So we're really cautious of that in this area. Yeah, yeah. And need to keep them going so that, yeah, we can enjoy them in the way that we're supposed to, don't we? Now, as well as the manatees, that's not the only wildlife you've got in the area. Tell us a bit more about what else you can see when you're out on the water or in the area. Absolutely. Well, our fishing here is just world class for a couple of reasons. One is we have the freshwater in the springs, so you get freshwater species. But then you just go out a little bit and the water becomes brackish um, mixed with the salt water. And then so you can fish with salt water just, you know, a mile down the river uh, and be catching redfish and grouper and all sorts of fun fish. So uh, it's really unique that way. We also have on the east side of our county, we have a chain of lakes uh, and in there are some great bass fishing. Um, there's a fish called crappy. I don't know if you guys have them there, but they don't taste like they sound. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then in the summertime, we're really lucky here because we have two high seasons. In the summertime, we have scalloping out into in the Gulf of Mexico. Our area of where we are in the Gulf, the Bend region there, the, re- that's the reason we don't have beaches up here is because of the seagrass beds. There's just miles and miles of seagrass in this particular bend of Florida. So, and in that, in the summertime, are scallops. And the, the smaller ones, they're the bay scallops, not the big um, sea scallops. And you go down there and then from July 1st until September 24th, 
you can go and take your boat out, get a captain, however you want to do it, get your mask and your snorkel and dive four or five feet and put them in your little sack and collect your dinner. And that's just the coolest thing is you, you collect these all day. You're out on the water. You're seeing different fish while you're under there, seeing turtles, dolphins. It's just incredible. And then you bring your dinner back. And usually the, the hotel or local restaurants will actually cook your catch. So that goes wow. for fish as well. Yeah. So you can actually like catch your own dinner. It's really a unique experience. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. It's something very different to I think what people will be used to after spending a couple of weeks in the theme parks is dinner is made by someone in the most you have to do is collect it from a counter. Right. Uh, as, opposed to, as opposed to actually going to dive for it. And then, but I really like the idea of, of sort of diving for it and, and finding it, spending that day relaxing and then getting someone else to cook it because they're going to know how to cook it. And unless you've cooked these things at home, probably not going to know the correct way to be able to actually cook these. So right. let someone who's a chef who actually knows how to do it. You've done the hard part. You've caught it. I'm sure it tastes better as well because you know all the effort you've put into it. I know. Wow. It's really so neat to do. It really is. And I, I love it. It's like Easter egg hunting for adults because you're down there and <laughs> they have these iridescent sets of eyes. And when the sun comes through the water, it reflects off of those. And it just it lo- does. It looks like a little Easter egg and you're just chasing it. And, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> and you can't get much fresher than that, can you? If you've caught no, them that morning cannot. and then eating them that evening. That's yeah, right. no, I, I don't think I've ever heard of doing that on uh, on holiday before. Certainly fishing, but not diving for your own scallops. That's, uh, that does sound it's fun. Really, yeah, it is fun. Yeah, and you mentioned something before too. Martin, I think you said something about, you know, when you, you're done with the theme parks and you're uh, a really popular thing is to come to our area after the theme parks. Because it's what I tell people, we are what Florida was before the mouse came. Yeah. So we're like original Florida, you know. And so you come here and you could just kind of feel yourself start to relax. And after being in all of that chaos and lines and spending millions of dollars on a hot dog and a glass of Pepsi, um, (laughs) you can really just relax. And it's a great place for families to come before they head back home. And just sort of unwind a little bit and enjoy something so unique. Yeah. You see so many families when they're getting on the plane flying home. It is an overnight flight back to the UK. I don't sleep on planes. I can't sleep on planes. One, because I snore and I don't want to wake the entire plane. (laughs) I just can't sleep on planes. I can't sleep on transport or anything like that. So I'm awake and I see everyone else just dead and just asleep. And it's, you know, we're we're taking off at 7, 8 o'clock at night. And by 9 o'clock, everyone's asleep. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm thinking that's because you've just spent two weeks going around the parks for the entire time. You haven't had a day off. You've done it really quickly. And that's a mistake that a lot of first timers do is they think they have to be in the park every single day. But we know we've tried to educate people that you need to have chill out time because it is a holiday. It is a vacation at the end of the day. You need to have time to relax. You don't want to then go back to school or to work couple of days afterwards and be asleep at your desk need a vacation um, from your vacation this is the vacation this is the vacation part of it and i think also there's you know a lot of parents feel they you know we, we have to take the the kids over to disney it's kind of the, the done thing and you might get one parent who's not quite as keen to do it and i think if you can almost bribe them by saying look we're also going to go and do this a lot more relaxing part of it 
We're going to go, you know, you like fish. We're going to go and do fishing. You can then go and get a chef to cook what you've caught for the day. And then you throw in also that you can go and be with the manatees. I think that's going to be a, a, a winner for most families, don't you think, Amanda? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're seeing more and more, aren't we, that people are wanting to, uh, yes, do the parks. And I mean, we're huge theme park fans, so oh, sure. we wouldn't say to people not to do it, but it's <laughs> what else you can do within quite a short distance of Orlando. So as you yeah. said, what you're talking, you know, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes to get to the Crystal River area. And some people might just want to come for the day. I mean, particularly, you know, to swim with the managers. I think that is an incredible experience and something that lots of people would do. But I'm yeah. sure you would encourage people to come and stay maybe a little bit longer so that they get that proper relaxed, chill out, you know, as we were talking about. And certainly plenty of other things to do, aren't there? Yeah, and I would encourage somebody to come to spend the night, at least the night before your manatee swim. Many of the swims and the best time of day to see the manatees when they're most active is first thing in the morning. So a lot of these tours go out, at, um, depending on the time of year, when sunrise is 6.30, 7 o'clock at night or at 7 o'clock in the morning. So that's an early start if you're coming from Orlando <laughs> to, to meet up with a, a boat yeah. for at a 7 o'clock start time. So, you know why not come the night before, stay at the hotel, have a breakfast, stroll on over down the road to your manatee tour and do that. And then uh, after that, my gosh, you can go to the wildlife park. If you like to ride bikes, we have some in incredible trail. It's, you know, it used to be a railroad track. It's 46 miles long. You can, and it goes through all sorts of neat little towns all throughout our county. You can go for a hike at the archaeological park. You can rent a paddle boat or a a kayak and go down the Chazawitska, don't ask me to spell that, river. <laughs> and that is an experience in and of itself because there's no homes, there's no buildings. You're just literally on a river in a kayak with nothing else around you. That it just, you feel like you're out on a safari almost. <laughs> it's just so incredible. So, so just to ask the kind of the kind of question I always ask is, so there's no dangerous things out here. Are we going to find any alligators in these waters or is it just nice things like manatees? Oh, it's just fluffy manatees and puppy dogs. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would be lying if I didn't tell you that we do have alligators here. What I will tell you, though, especially when it comes to the springs, when we're swimming with manatees, manatees don't have any um, natural predators. So an alligator will swim right by a manatee, touch it, run by it, whatever it has to do, just not care in a world about it. But for the most part, alligators don't like the colder water, one, because they're a warm water animal. They don't like humans. They don't like being around humans. They'd rather be hiding in dark, murky water, in grass or in mangroves and hiding out that way. So are you going to see an alligator? Probably. If you're on a kayak, you might see one from land. They won't bother you. Okay, I feel a bit better now. I promise. I go swimming in the lakes where you can't see. I can't see my foot. You know, can't wow. see my hand in front of me. Yeah. And I've been doing it for years and never had a, a single incident. So, yeah, someone did tell me. You know, if you're in the water in Florida, you're never going to be too far away from an alligator. But uh, I suppose if you're careful and you just have to be aware of things I just around make you, a lot you? of noise and splash around they don't like yeah it. <laughs> and you say that they they, you don't want to be near them necessarily they don't want to be near you so you to take that into account so if we were going to stay a few nights in the crystal river area so where would be a good place to base ourselves what kind of accommodation do you have for people we have the you know your typical chains we have the holiday and express hampton inns best western we have some properties that are on the water 
anywhere from a full service resort, which is the plantation on Crystal River. And they offer their own manatee tours and boat rentals and things like that there. So that's a really convenient place to go. We've had people stay there and, and as well as some of the chains, but we have had people stay at the plantation on Crystal River and that does always get very good feedback. It's Yeah, it's a beautiful piece of property. And, and there are other hotels in the works, so that'll be coming up on the water and hopefully in the next few years. I think COVID slowed that down a little bit. but And then we have some place called the uh, Crystal Blue Lagoon, and it's a bread, bed and breakfast, and it's just the neatest. They've done painted the floors to look like the spring, so there's manatees point you know, painted on the floor and rocks formations and things like this. So it's all very 3D looking and it's really neat. And then, you know, we've got little shacks you can rent that are on the lake that, you know, a one bedroom little cabin shack, you know, that kind of just depends on what you're looking for. And we also have actually more RV slots in our county than we do hotel rooms. So if you are wanting to have that RV experience, which I know becoming very popular here and I think has started to become popular as something to do when you're here uh, for international travelers that's a lot of a great option as well and many of them are on the water as well. So just say tell us a little bit about the the geography then in terms of so you've got a a few smaller towns that people might want to base so let's just give a little flavor of the towns and what there is to do. Sure sure well Crystal River is you know that's where we branded ourselves as Crystal River but we are Citrus County and on the nature coast. So it's made up of Crystal River, Homosassa, Inverness, and Floral City. Floral City and Inverness are on the east side of the county, so more towards the center part of the state. That's where you'll find all the freshwater lakes and bike paths and things like that. And then the Homosassa and Crystal River are on the gulf side, the west side of the county. Homosassa is, it truly is an old fishing village, and it's just been built up a little bit, you know, with some hotels and things, but you just get this feeling of being, you know, you are, you're in a fishing village and it's just quite charming. And there are wonderful restaurants right on the water there. There's a wonderful place called uh, Crump's Landing and it's a series of tiki bars. You can have your own personal oh, tiki bar. I like a tiki bar. Oh, <laughs> you are going to love this. There's not going to be a lot of singing like the tiki oh, room. Yeah, no singing mm-hmm. birds. No singing, singing birds, birds. not like yeah, the tiki room, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just and live music everywhere on the water. So you can get great food, great beverages, and listen to music and just be out on looking at the river and the water. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Inverness is, they call themselves the small town done right. They, are, they were part of the USA um, Main Street Project, and they have done some really neat things down there with their uh, depot district, which is where they have a farmer's market every Saturday. It's an outdoor farmer's market. It's in the shade, which is nice. Uh, (laughs) They've got it in a covered building. Floral City is known for its orange groves and strawberries. So we have the strawberry festival that we have every year in March. Festivals are another fun thing to do around here. See, if I keep talking, I'm going to keep thinking of so many (laughs) things to do. But we do have a manatee festival, of course. We have to have one of yeah, those. Yeah. And those are on um, Martin Luther King weekend. We have the Stone Crab Jam, which is a festival for stone crabs. We have Shrimp Apalooza, which is shrimp festival. Elvis Festival, because Elvis filmed a movie here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was Follow That Dream. And uh, it was filmed in our courthouse and in different locations around the county. So we have an Elvis Day in the summertime. and 
gosh, we just have festivals after festival. It's so much fun. There's always something to do here, always. And we don't have a lot of chain restaurants. They're all mom and pop kind of places. So when you come here, you can kind of, I know that saying live like a local was really popular before all this COVID hit. And that's definitely what you can do here. I mean, you can eat. I never eat at the chain restaurants. I always eat at the local places. It's just such a great experience. And the food is always so fresh, especially the seafood. So. I think the first time you go to America, especially Orlando, a lot of um, British people want to go to the chain restaurants because they've mm-hmm. heard of these big names. But once you've been a couple of times, they're all right, but they're not great, are they? Let's face it. Um, yeah. So if you want to go and eat, if you want to go and eat something, something decent, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to avoid the chain restaurants. And in Orlando, there there isn't mom and pop restaurants. There isn't just mm-hmm. one-off restaurants, really, is there? Gosh, the rent's too expensive. So when you're getting out to places like Crystal River, you can actually go and experience, you know, this. Gr- and imagine the hospitality because it's a family-owned restaurant, so they mm-hmm. really care about you know, how they look after their guests and the quality of the food's going to be great. And imagine if they're using strawberries or if they're using oranges, mm-hmm. then they're going to be local ones, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. everything's just going to just taste amazing. So I imagine the desserts there are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Your listeners can't see me, but if they could, they'd know I don't miss dessert often. <laughs> and it is every place has got something you. neat. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all think between us, we all we all like a dessert. It's, it's an <laughs> integral part of, of any meal, and especially if you're going to have something that's, that's fresh as well, mm-hmm. and something that's made in in a family restaurant, and it's a homemade thing. Then, yeah, I think that's where you're going to experience the real America, as opposed to sort of the, the big chains. Yeah. I don't know why we always record these podcasts just before dinner when, know, when we yeah. haven't eaten. Yeah. Because my, my my mouth is watering again. We we do like talking about food and restaurants, but we need to eat first, otherwise to distract. You talked about the festivals you have for the strawberry festival and that you're citrus county. So I presume you do have orange groves and things. Can people go and look around those? Yeah, we do. We have orange groves. We have a place. It's one of those old side of the road fruit stands called Ferris Groves, and that's in Floral City. Uh, on the east side of the county and uh, you can go in there and go around the orchard and see the apples I mean the oranges and then they have a big gift shop where they all sorts of locally made jams and jellies and during strawberry season they also do strawberries so you can pick strawberries there we also have a wonderful blueberry season too Um, and we're in that right now as a matter of fact so you can go and pick blueberries and come home with a you know five gallon bucket of blueberries that you'll have in your freezer for years to come. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem when you go and pick your own fruit. I think you always end up with far too much, don't you, that you can can use them um, straight away. But a nice problem to have anyway. It is, it is. So we usually end the show with some hints and tips. I mean, you've already given us lots of good advice for, you know, visiting the area. But is there anything um, in particular that if somebody was visiting that you would say, you must go and do this? Well, obviously, the must is the manatees. I mean, that's just an experience you can't have anywhere else. So that's for sure. And I would say if you're so inclined to get out there and get in a kayak or it's really a neat way to see the nature in our area and and kind of get a little bit closer. So that's a must do if you're comfortable with that. If not, go to the wildlife park. It's really incredible. And you'll see alligators and deer and bear and jaguar and panthers and, you know, all sorts of things that we have here in Florida. Bald eagles. You didn't even mention the bears. You know, when I oh, said yeah. to you about, 
not there any nasties. We stayed there with the bears, didn't we? <laughs> but, but bears, you just need a picnic basket and you're fine, I believe. Picnic basket right, and honey, then. I've been led honey. to believe. Honey and picnic baskets. They, I'm not sure it's that sort of bear. Want. Yeah. No. Black bears, yeah. We have, but they're smaller than normal bears. <laughs> so but I don't yes. need to be nervous about the bears. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say definitely find yourself a place on the water to enjoy a meal, whether it's a lunch or dinner, and just experience that. It's just amazing. Amazing. And the, and we have some very talented musicians in this area too. So it's an entertaining experience as well. I think based on what you, you've said, I think my top tip would be to people to to spend a bit of time, you know, because we do get people who just go for the day to do something with manatees. Mm. And I think that's good, particularly if people don't have their own car. We have lots of people who don't want to drive or don't drive when they come to Florida. So there are those day trips that people can take so they don't miss out on that experience. But if you are able to to drive yourself, then it is definitely have like three, four nights and yeah, you say you're going to get there the, the night before. So you've got that nice early yeah. slot for doing the the swimming with manatees. But then yeah, enjoy all the other things. Yeah. I say so I'm still thinking about sitting in the waterfront restaurants, but I <laughs> lots of other things as well. <laughs> Take a day and go scalloping. Get out in the Gulf of Mexico and go see some dolphins and you know, it's so natural. It's just incredible. And it, it's it's so different when you experience these things in nature as it's supposed to be rather than something that's been set up. So it's amazing. I'm wake up every day, just incredibly impressed with where I live and how fortunate we are. No, you certainly are. Yeah. No, and I think uh, you're definitely have whetted um, our listeners appetites for wanting to come and visit uh, as well as us. Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to having everybody back. It has been uh, too long since we've welcomed the Brits back to our little area of wonderment here. So hurry on back. So that was great. A huge thank you again to Terry for speaking to us. That was so interesting, wasn't it? Really, really super interesting and just amazing to hear about all those experiences that you can do. The swimming with the manatees, uh, being out there in the springs and the food as well. It does sound like such a change of pace from what you're going to be doing in the parks, isn't it? Yeah. And like lots of the places we chat about that are outside of Orlando. I mean, it's possible just to take a day trip, but you're going to experience so much more if you can spend two or three days in a destination. I think as Terry said, you need to spend at least uh, and the night before your, your manatee's experience, at least one night beforehand um, to make sure you kind of got the amount of time that you need to do when you're there. Um, but as she said, there's plenty of different things to do as well. You can have it during your trip, at the end of your trip, maybe the beginning of your trip. There's plenty of time on your, your next trip to, uh, to Orlando to include some time at Crystal River. Yeah. But if you do only have one day, you know, if you're really pushed for time or, for instance, if you don't want to drive, then we can arrange day trips as well, including transport and pick you up from your Orlando hotel. It is quite a long day. So I would say if you've got little children, then that day trip probably isn't isn't the best thing. It's best to go for a little bit longer. But yeah, if you're really pushed for time, you're trying to cram everything in, then you you can do that day trip. Yeah. And I think more and more people were not doing the 14 night trips anymore we're booking more people for 15 16 nights uh you know even sort of shorter ones sort of 10 nights uh, gone are the days where you had to go with the package holidays and you had to go for 14 nights because there was only flights once per week now you can fly every single day well that's it yeah we can tailor make your trip to be whatever you'd like it to be and over in that crystal river area as you said before i think you're going to really experience that 
old Florida, so more independent dining options, a slower pace, more nature-based activities. So really good to yeah, combine with that bit more frantic visiting the parks and that really busy time. Yeah, there definitely is a bit of a change of pace going from <laughs> going from the theme parks, uh, going out to go and be with mountains. Different experiences and different kind of memories that you're going to be creating. Absolutely. And if you'd like to find out more about visiting Crystal River, then you can find all the details in the show notes and we'll link into their website, um, which has got a really good online guide as well. So that's all for this week. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure you subscribe or follow us so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And if you'd like to find out more about fairytale holidays and how you can book your next holiday with us, then please visit our website. That's fairytaleholidays.co.uk and find all the links in the show notes. So thanks for listening and have a magical day.